COVID-19, COVID-19. Just like you, I'm so tired of hearing about the virus. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be talking about it, but from watching the news and social media, the conversation has shifted from discussing our health to mostly promoting fear, misinformation, politics, and greed. On today's show, we'll take a look at a term we hear often associated with COVID, compromised immune system. This term has been used as the primary reason for explaining deaths related to the virus. What does the term really mean and how can you tell whether your immune system falls into the category of compromised or not? To educate and help us answer this question, we talked with Dr. Courtney Chambers, MD, and let's just say you won't want to miss what he had to say. I hope you enjoy the show as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. I'm your host, Garth Case, alongside my partners in all things green, Odin Gabe and Andre Brown. And this is The Real Green Show. Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, what's going on, G? I'm good, man. Here, you know, still living this um, quarantine life. It was stuck in the house. <laughs> man, and then some. Uh, it's crazy. So for the first time, obviously, I should mention that we're on video here and you're seeing all of us. Andre, are you there? I am here. All so right. We're Green Show 3.0. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Because it's the first time we're doing this and actually looking at each other. So this is this is interesting and fun. Yeah, so it's different. It's dynamic. Right? Yeah, it's Absolutely. Yep, and, cool. yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously we have a, a special guest which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, and, you know, so everyone heard in the intro what we'll be talking about today, right? This idea of a compromised immune system. Uh, and, you know, the big question for me, and I ask myself this all the time is, you know, whether or not I'm doing everything I need to to ensure that my immune system is at its strongest, at its best. Given the fact that now we're living in a reality where a virus like COVID can come along and disrupt our entire way of living. Uh, so to help us understand, uh, we invited a very special guest, like I mentioned, uh, who has dedicated over two decades of his life to the world of medicine. Much of this very accomplished career focused on general surgery, which requires an intense understanding of the human body and its various functions. Uh, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Courtney Chambers to the show. Courtney. Welcome. Well, greetings, <laughs> folks. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited and a little nervous. Um, no need to be. Just a bunch of guys talking. <laughs> <laughs> but as you mentioned, a, a, a very different format um, and a very different time. So, yes. again, give thanks. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that I wanted to kind of jump in with and get started with, um, Dr. James, first, thank you for your time. And recognize that, you know, um, people who are in the, you know, this overall health industry right now, uh, medical health industry in particular, they're in a tough situation, man. They're, they're, 
their lives are on the line more than it's ever been, right? It's kind of incredible to think that they're charged with saving lives, but now they also have to worry about saving their own lives um, while they're treating people and doing all these things. So it's, it's like a very weird and unprecedented time, um, at least in my lifetime and probably many of us on the call. Uh, so, you know, that said, let's talk about you a little bit. And I was very curious about, you know, just getting the audience to know who you are. Obviously, one of the things we talk about a lot here is that we're Jamaican, right? We have a Jamaican brand, as in Jamaica Organics yes. and, and, and all that. Like so you're Jamaican, right? So, you know, I, I laugh all the time about <laughs> stuff like this, that there's more people outside Jamaica than in Jamaica. And um, it's it, it and and how accomplished many of them are, right? And you are obviously one of those people. And so I wanted to talk about well, what is it that made you like decide to give your life to becoming a, a doctor and treating people and being around illness and stuff like that? It's something that I, I would have a tough time doing personally. Um, you know, it's a very good question, um, one I've answered before, um, and I, I think it's it, it was for for a good reason in that it, it was natural for me all the way, right? Um, coming from a small town, many people may not know Togate, Clarendon <laughs> in Jamaica, um, country. Absolutely. Um, country. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, we, we, we little but with Talawa, right? So both my folks were teachers my father was the principal of, of Tolgate All Age School or Tolgate Primary. And his wife, Gloria Chin, was he was runner, um, also a teacher. So the joke was from the minute I started talking, they had me in school. Um, so I got in early, excelled, uh, got to high school at the tender age of 10. Um, and that was boarding school, a, a little place called the Cartridge College in Mandeville. Um, loved, loved, loved the sciences, but but did well pretty much all around. Loved sports, as I think most of us young boys back in Jamaica, we, we pretty much took on everything and anything that involved sports. Absolutely. Um, did well in school, nine, nine subjects, and um, at the tender age of 15, you know, my dad drop kicked me and my mom caught me like we did the other five before me. So I am <laughs> I am I am the sixth of six and, and the five before me are all engineers with their master's degrees. Very accomplished bunch. Um, so I, I had a couple of reasons why I took my route. One, um, having grown up on the farm, I used to absolutely want to help the animals a broken leg here, a cut there, etc., etc., And I got into the habit of, you know, spraying on a, a medicine or cleaning a wound or, or splinting a, a, a broken something or another. And that is where sort of my introduction, if you will, to the healing arts started. Eh? Um, as far as anatomy, um, a lot of people don't know our neighbor was the, the town butcher. And so I would, every Friday, watch him, whether it was goat, pig, cow, or whatever else, I would watch him skillfully carve, you know, um, conducting his craft. And I think that was where the early seed of, of surgery um, was planted. Mm -hmm. um, you could have become a butcher too. <laughs> <laughs> I could have become a butcher. Yeah. I could have become a butcher. 
Um, and, and again, taking the science through high school into college, um, it wasn't until maybe my sophomore year that I figured um, the sciences were for me. And a year later, when asked what the heck I was going to do with those um, that group of fund of knowledge, I decided medical school was looking really good. Um, you know, a lot of things, I think, shaped me from a young boy. Um, being back in Jamaica, um, I grew up amongst a lot of poor people. Poverty was, was all around me, and though we were okay in that, that middle class, um, I always felt like I needed and wanted to help my fellow man. So these sort of things have, have sort of helped catapult me into the, the helping, healing arts, if you will. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the joke and the story about me as a, a very young boy um, was being part of the church, right? And we used to go to Sunday school and we used to go to... Um, sermon and then we used to go to bible study and i was part of a group called daughters of the king that's <laughs> interesting tell born... us more <laughs> <laughs> it was it was born out of sunday school but it was more of a youth group and a, 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 um, getting us you know kids together um, to help the, the less fortunate and we would go to watch you may remember in jamaica was arms house Mm -hmm. um, where, where a lot of the less fortunate resided and we would bring little gifts and little meals um, and would really just give of ourselves and give sometimes what we didn't even really have um, as individuals we had as a group and we would offer to these folks who were just less fortunate. Um, you know, all those things I think helped give me a foundation centered around faith for me um, of giving, giving of myself and giving of um, what we have achieved to those who don't have it. Absolutely. Fast forward, yeah, fast forward to um, college and then medical school, um, University of Hartford in Connecticut, um, where some of my siblings and even my mother had gone before me. My mother who left Jamaica as a teacher, ended up with her master's in education mm. um, and pretty much paved the way for us. There was no lollygagging, right? Everybody had to step up, step forward. High school was simply a platform to get you to secondary education. Sure. And the, the family as a whole got that much better. Everybody went on to get their master's degrees. Um, and I, of course, being the last one, was looking up at this group going, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I've got some big shoes to fill. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting that you see your, your background in terms of how you've laid it out, right? When I think about yes. it, it is a very, and I, I, I don't want to say typical, but, you know, when you deal with Jamaican parents and, you know, them wanting the best for you, the yes. drive factor is amazing, right? It's like there's no real compromise around that. They're they're trying their best to make sure you have the best opportunity possible. Um, and uh, you know, it sounds like your parents are successful with all of you. Is that true, or, or is there someone who's a black sheep that said, "Forget this, man. I'm I'm just gonna become a painter." 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'm going to give you two answers and mm -hmm. one will exemplify the point you made before. I remember one um, Sunday afternoon, I had come home for the weekend and I was going back. I was in boarding school at the Cartridge at the time. And my dad looked at me and said, do you have any pocket money for the coming week? And I said, boy, I, I'm, I'm fresh out. And he opened his wallet. And you guys will remember that red $20 bill. Mm -hmm. and, and the only thing in the wallet was one red $20 bill. And like you just said, he took his last $20 bill and gave it to me. And, and, and that exactly sort of exemplifies the point you just made. Yep. They literally would have given every and anything to make sure we got the chance that we got. To, yeah. to forward ourselves and so yes now the second question also a bit of a joke and a story mm -hmm. I was a freshman in college and I heard my poor sister who was an electrical engineering major crying in her room one night somewhere around 11 11 30 so I knock on the door and I went in the room and she was laboring over engineering calculus <laughs> <Wind. And> <laughs> <laughs> And I asked her what she was doing. And she said, well, I'm doing my calculus. And I said, um, well, um, I can't help you, but watching you do this, I just got an idea. I'm not going to do something um, like engineering. I'm going to do something easier. I'm going to go into medicine. Wow, that's it. <laughs> so there is the light bulb moment. <laughs> So, so black sheep, yeah, you know, but, um, you know, it's it's been a heck of a journey. Um, education, medical school, I'm not going to lie, I struggled the first year, that transition year was very difficult. I was 19 years old, um, and boy, it was it was a heck of a, of a transition year, even coming through college. Um, I made it through, made it through medical school. Um and somewhere around my third year and my third, as we say, rotation, I figured out that I was not um, a medical or a medical specialist um, by nature, uh, right? I figured out that I was more of a doer. I needed more of an acute fix to a medical problem. Um, and it became glaringly obvious that the only way you could achieve that was to be a surgeon. Wow. Yeah, that makes um, a lot of sense. You, you yeah. weren't going to just rely on the pharmaceuticals to fix the problem for you. You want to get in there like a mechanic and figure it out Correct. yourself and fix it. Correct. I get it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I like orthopedics because, again, you know, somebody came with a painful fracture, you could set it and they would feel better. Um, but it was a bit too, um, at the time, seemed too tunnel vision for me. Um, I love the idea of general surgery because you could literally, and we were at the time treating everything from the thyroid in the neck all the way down to the feet and the toes. Um, and that was very attractive to me. Wow. That, that is really, yeah. really cool. I mean, again, it's one of those things that, you know, growing up, obviously for me, my parents would always say, yeah, you should be a doctor or a lawyer. And, you know, um, I said to myself, wow, that's just never going to be me. I could already, I could already feel it going, growing up. That was not going to be me. 
Um, so I've always applauded people who have gone down that track. It's a difficult one, it's, but it's one that is really something that allows you to give something back to humanity. And, and so, uh, again, just like we've been um, applauding all um, our healthcare workers, you know, um, we are now obviously in a situation where we're thanking you for your service, right? Because it's really important to understand that, you know, it, it's a critical thing to have, especially at times like this where, you know, people are unsure about what the future holds as it relates to their health. Um, we need yes. guidance. Yes. Uh, yes. So one of the things I've always been curious about, right, uh, is, you know, being a doctor or being a surgeon in particular, you're always having to deal with this idea of uh, potential death, right? You know, it, it's it's unlike most professions where, you know, the ultimate um, problem or the end result here can be catastrophic um, in, a, in a ginormous way to, to not just you, but your, you know, the patient, the family, everybody else. Uh, how do you navigate something like that in thought and, and, and how do you kind of overcome the likelihood of that occurring. And if it does occur, what does it feel like? You know, that, that's a very good good point and good question, Garth. Um, I think, I think again, you're, you're either wired, you know, and I'm gonna use our, our layman's terms, you're either wired a certain way or you're not, you know? Um, I've met a very, very um, bright, brilliant, intelligent folks who admitted later in life, there was no way in hell they could have become a physician, let alone a surgeon, because early in life, two drops of blood and they were out of there. <laughs> you know, they were, they were gone. Sitting right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I, I think if I, if I am being honest, I think it's, it's cliche, but it's a calling, right? Okay. Um, I don't think you can manufacture a physician or a surgeon or any other specialty out of a, a person or a being who wasn't necessarily, I want, I'm gonna use the word destined, but destined to be that. Um, and, and you'll talk to primary care docs, you'll talk to um, non-surgical physicians and they'll say to you, man, let me tell you, if I could have, I would have. Um, and and they just knew that they 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 couldn't and and that they shouldn't in some cases because it just wasn't them. Um, and and when I was teaching, I, I used those words um, very very sort of freely. I would warn the students, you know, be who you are, become who you should become, not do what mom wants or dad wants or you know, some idea out there that you should be so-and-so. Feel it and, and love it because the, the best part about being in that space, wherever you may be, surgeon or not, is when it kicks you in the teeth, right? And you whimper and go home with your tail between your legs. You better be ready to bounce out of bed the next morning when the alarm goes off and say, let's go again, come on, let, you know. Let, let me add it, right? Absolutely. And, and, and if, you're, if you're in your, uh, I love this term, if you're in your sweet spot, then no, no amount of kicking in the teeth or the butt is going to keep you from it and keep you um, away from it, right? Wow. So I, I think it's, it's a calling. It's, it's a, I need to be there. 
um, is where I think that that is. Well, well said. Well said. I, I, I preach that same thing too. You know, you, you got to really go with something you have a passion for and you fit in. And it's something that, you know, like you said, it's a calling. Many people must recognize that there is um, that situation that we, you know, we all get called to do something and it's up to you to listen um, and and move in that direction. And if you do, the passion will drive you to success, much like it has, you know, obviously you and all the folks on this line. So it's awesome. I, I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, again, is there anything else you'd like to share with us about yourself before we dive into the subject at hand? Well, um, I'll quickly answer the second question. The sure. idea of, of sort of death, etc. Um, again, you, you have the background, you have the training. You can't train away emotions. Um, and I think I've been lucky in that after 23 years, I could probably count on one hand the number of deaths I've had because of my surgery, right? Um, <clears throat> I think... I use the three F's very spare, very um, um, frequently. Um, I use my faith, my friends, and my family. And poor outcomes in surgery and medicine and life um, happen. Um, thankfully, again, for me, they weren't that extreme, that not that frequent. But when they do happen, you are human and you cannot erase that. And you lean on your support. And I use those three F's every chance I get. Wow. Uh, that's something we all can absolutely use in every situation, quite honestly. Yes, sir. You yes, know, sir. That, totally, that's great. All right. Um, so that's it. We should, let's jump into the topic. Um, Andre, let's kick it off with you. You know, I was, I was, I was so totally engrossed in watching the conversation. I didn't even realize this was a part. Thanks for being here with us. Um, yes, sir. Jumping straight into it all the conversation about the immune system, what exactly in simple terms is the immune system? And how does, well, it, how does it function in the body? So the, the immune system um, it, it is one of many systems in the body. Simply put, right, is it what, it's what helps us to either avoid or treat um, infection, right? Um, It'll, it'll prevent infection, it'll slow infection, um, and it'll actually help curb infection um, when one gets, I'm gonna say ill, for lack of a better term. Um, it, it's, it's broad spread, right? It, it starts, believe it or not, with the skin, the lining um, of the outside and the inside. Um, within that are certain cells, which we all heard of, white cells, the inflammatory cells. And then there's a network of, of channels, not just the veins and the arteries, but the lymphatic channels um, that live just beneath the skin um, that help move these cells back and forth to where they're most needed. On top of that, there are, um, let's, let's use the word uh, substances, right? Just to be all encompassing, that the cells emit that are transmitted to the cells that help communicate the cells with the organs, the organs with the cells, the cells with the offending organisms and vice versa. Again, all of this sort of comes together in, in like, a, I want to say like almost like a global network um, that keeps us free of infection and helps us fight infection. Mm -hmm. So what exactly does it mean when you have a 
a compromised immune system. In fact, to give you a quick example, um, as a former professional coach and athlete, in preparing for competition, one of the little tricks that uh, a really good old coach friend of mine taught me in you know, we used to just concentrate on just the fitness aspect of it, but he was the one who, who initially taught me that the central nervous system is vital to the to, to fitness and performance. And we actually used to do a little drill. When we saw an athlete not performing well that day, we used to have them sit in a chair and do knee lifts in the chair for 30 seconds. And if they broke the cycle, we'd give them the day off. And that was a sign that was always, and I've always wanted to ask a medical doctor this, but I never did. I knew it worked, but I wanted to know what exactly it means to have a compromised um, immune system. But before we jump forward with that though, before you yes. even answer that question, you know, um, I, I get, you mentioned something about the central nervous system, um, Dre, just now. Is that the same thing or is that something different? It, it's different. The central nervous system, as as it, as you know, the name gives you the definition: mm -hmm. nervous, right? Nerves, etc. Mm -hmm. um, the immune system um, sort of may actually incorporate the central nervous system in, in terms of getting signals from one part of the body to the other. Ah. Um, I, I'd, I'd sort of use that as, a, as an answer. That's the network, right? That's the network yeah. essentially that you mentioned. Yeah. Okay, got yeah. it, got it. So these things are linked is, is, is what I guess what we're saying is that Correct. you mentioned a bunch of systems, the immune system is one, but what maybe connects all these systems is this idea of a central nervous system. I'm, I'm going to say yes. Uh, loosely. I think loosely. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> loosely. For the, for, the layman, for the layman over here, you know, I, I, mean, listen, I look at things like it's a computer, right? Um, I'm very, very familiar with computers. And so I always look at the body as being a, the world's most complicated computer. Uh, Absolutely. And, yeah. And so, you know, you got a brain, which is like what we call in a computer world a CPU, right? And, and that is essentially yes. controlling everything that is happening throughout the body and and you need these little you know connections you know for us we have network wires and routers and all these things that make decisions um in the computer world it's a similar thing i think that these systems are doing is making these kind of calls on on what to do next and when Absolutely. based on situation so so that i, I think it, for me it simplifies it when i think about it that way um obviously it doesn't simplify it for the people that don't understand computers but um mm -hmm. it it's it, it's very similar i've always found uh so, I, so thank you for the clarification i wasn't sure about what the central nervous system how it you know, differed from, you know, the immune system and kind of how they connected. So that's great. Thank you for that clarification. So back to your question. Yes. So your question, Andre, and, and I'm sorry I interrupted, was about um, the notion of the compromised immune system. But is, is there anything else, though, that we want to cover on, it, you know, the, the immune system itself uh, yeah. when we talk about how it kind of, you know, works before we get into it, how it gets compromised? <laughs> Yeah. You know, that, that's a very good, very good question, Brad. And, and I, I had come up with a little example that I think should help, right? Mm -hmm. So let's use the police force, for example, right? Um, the police force could be the immune system, right? And one of the things the immune system does, helps us to do, is to recognize um, something is wrong, right? A cell has a bacteria attached to it, right? Um, 
And so the first thing you need is for somebody to recognize that that cell is now abnormal. Here's my little simple analogy. Suppose you have a police officer and he sees, as we say, a bad man with a big gun, right? So mm -hmm. immediately he recognizes this is abnormal. This being is abnormal and potentially dangerous. So the first thing he would probably do is get on the radio and call for backup, right? And then, you know, whoever is in the area would come to that location to give him, you know, power in numbers to overcome the bad guy. Ah. And, and if, you, if you think about it, the, the immune system does something like that. Uh, you have a cell that is part of the immune system that we have. Something has come in and that cell can attack and, and potentially um, negate that, that bacteria, that virus, that whatever. But the best thing to do is call in the troops. And remember, we just talked about the nervous system and we talked about the, the immune system being communicative. And so it'll send off signals to say, hey, I need five guys, I need 10 guys. I need some foot soldiers, I need some helicopters, and before you know it, we're calling in the army to deal with, with the problem. So that is kind of the immune system, if you will, as a little example. Because let's say now that police officer's radio is broken. He can't call for backup, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He's stuck there on his own, taking on this bad cell and or this bad cell with a bacterium or a virus attached to it. Wow. And he can he can be negated, right? So the, the the example to the compromised immune system would be one that cannot, right, incorporate um, um, communication to call in the other cells, to call in the backup, if you will, mm -hmm. to fight this oncoming or this upcoming infection. Man, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> I am going to steal that because that was the clearest explanation of how this thing works that I've ever heard. It's right? super interesting. So I, it's so mind blowing. Um, so in terms of what's going on now um, with this virus and everything, yes, it, is, is that the situation where this virus is essentially blocking the policeman from calling for backup in these early stages possibly or you know what's going on here Why right well and that, that's another good question and I, I don't know if i have the answer or i think i think no I one think, has the answer right now that's why I, I, if he had the answer dude we, he'd be he wouldn't be talking to us absolutely but but again in, in terms of sort of conceptualizing what we've heard um, so the virus that we're talking about, the coronavirus, we do know that it enters the body via way of the, the, the nasal or oropharyngeal area. What I mean by that, the nose or the mouth, right? Remember, one of the things I said earlier is the lining of the body, various parts of the body, is actually the very first line of defense, the first line of soldiers. And... You can imagine not just coronavirus, you know, any virus, any upper respiratory infection. You go outside and you breathe that cold air up in the northeast and the cold air now compromising the lining 
of your nose and mouth, your oropharyngeal areas, making that area more susceptible to incoming viruses. Hence the upper respiratory infection, right? Hence why it's so bad in the cold when you you catch a cold easily. (laughs) All right, that's it. I'm moving the heck out of Jersey. It's a wrap. You've just convinced me. That was the thing that pushed me over the edge, man. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. No, Doc, it's a good thing. I've been trying to get him to move now for a while. (laughs) Yeah, trust me. This is it. That was the push I needed. I need to get to someplace warm fast. (laughs) Back to Jamaica, baby. As as you said that, you know, I moved here two years ago. um, And it was my first real winter. Mm. And it was brutal. Like, I... I couldn't, there were some nights I couldn't breathe, you know, I had a okay. flu. So, okay. what you're yep. saying now makes sense, you know, like my yes. body just wasn't so used to it. Right. It, as, a, as, you know, it just it, it basically broke me down, you know what I mean? Yes. Now I'm a little yes. better, but, you know, it, it, it still does affect me. Yes. But this and, is why they remember. said, sorry to interrupt, but I think this is why they're saying that you know, the virus could like come back in the colder months, right? Yes. That, that's part of that reasoning. It makes a lot of sense because of that idea that the lining, you know, it, how it responds to to certain outside stimuli. That is fascinating. Okay, yeah. good. Go and ahead, yeah, Dr. Chambers, sorry. I was gonna say, remembering that the flu, um, i.e. the influenza virus, um, is probably what you're just describing. And that's, again, that's, a, that's another two hour lecture um, regarding the whole virus thing, but I, I think giving you that picture of the front line and the first line of the fence being the lining of the, the mouth, the nose, the pharynx, um, and again, you know, back to you, your skin, same thing. You cut yourself, the first thing you're supposed to do, clean the wound because you've now compromised the first line of the fence. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I would explain. Man, so it sounds like we need to be walking around in a bubble or a hazmat suit or something to give us more <laughs> lining from this thing, right? Is, is, is that what the mask is doing? <laughs> you know, it's supposed to give us an extra line of defense, right? That's essentially what's happening, right? So I, I get it. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. That, all good stuff. All good stuff. The, the mask, I, I will quickly say, a friend of mine coined that term before, um, and he, he says, remember, guys, the mask is to keep your crap in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. makes sense. So, we, yeah, we, we do get a line of defense from having the, the right masks on. But um, I think the idea of a mask is to help, God forbid, if we were to be... Um, carrying the virus that we don't spread it to others and so if everybody masks up then i think we protect each other which is a good sort of human thing to do but doesn't that come with some type of discipline though um because you know i go to the supermarket occasionally i have to get groceries right i have to leave the house and i see people handling their masks constantly touching you know the items and then putting their 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 uh their fingers on their mouth and putting it down to talk and putting it back up. So it, it, does it, is it really effective or is it uh, uh, this some type of false positive that the, the, the <laughs> Well, I, again, again, very good point. I think, you know, it's interesting when, excuse me, when they partially opened here in, in Florida, 
um, I'd be at home trying to work from home and I'd get text after text from my wife saying exactly what you just said. Oh, she, you know, I wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe how many people are out here without masks. You wouldn't believe who has a mask and it's halfway down. Um, and you're absolutely right. I think the, the, the biggest returns for us would be education and making the point you just made. The mask is ineffective, if not um, harmful, if you handle it too much and if you mishandle it. Um, and so you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. I got a quick question to follow up on that. Um, yes. Since we're in that vein now, could you give us a take on um, the guidelines that the CDC and the government have been giving? Um, is there is there anything within that, or could you just give it a general consensus as to how you feel, how effective it is in, in following these guidelines? Because there, there's a lot of change and misconceptions out there, um, and I've never actually had the opportunity to ask a medical doctor, look, okay, do these guidelines work? Yeah, and, and I think <clears throat> to, the, to the point Odean just made, if, if done according to the recommendations, they do. You, I mean, you just again, if you've ever stood <clears throat> with the sun shining in the right direction and sneezed and watched the particles tumble from your mouth, it's incredible how far they go, how much there is. Mm. And we've heard the numbers, six feet. Um, we've heard droplets. We've heard touching. So if... If we exercise the guidelines, the basic guidelines, right? Distancing, um, gloving when possible. If not gloving, hand washing as much as possible. And though there's a, there's a portion of that that becomes too much. Mm -hmm. And again, the mask, where again, if you're protecting others from yours and you do get some protection from theirs, um, I think those very simple guidelines actually do work based on what I've read. Interesting. You know, and I want to yeah. touch on that a bit or maybe explore that a little bit more because there is this idea of good bacteria and things that your body needs to come in contact with to build up immunity, right? Yes. So, you know, um, and so honestly, I've been not wearing a glove when I go out. I just, you know, I try to wash my hands or, hand, or use um, hand sanitizer as much as possible. Um, and that's primarily the reasons. Like, I don't want to feel like I have to wear a glove everywhere. I'd like my body to be in contact with certain, you know, things, um, you know, because I think that's the way the body works, right? I, I remember living in Jamaica and, and you know, taking up a garden hose out of the grass and God knows what else was there and drinking directly from it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, so if I live in a world where I can't do that, I may as well be in a bubble, right? So, so that was the, the, the thought process for me when I looked at that, some of these guidelines. You know, I, I, I knew that clearly there was an element here of just not knowing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so in the, in the scenario of not knowing, then, you know, do everything, right? And, and that's the, the, it's the sense I got. And I think as things are becoming more clear 
um, you know, as far as what information being shared, even though there's a ton of misinformation right now, uh, you're getting a better sense of, of the idea of what you shared, you know, of covering that zone, the area, you know, your mouth and, and, and your nose is a great place where it comes into effect. They keep saying, don't touch your face. And that's more than likely why, right? It makes a lot of sense that you're going to, tr you know, transmit it directly there by doing that. Um, but, you know, so Dre had brought up a question and, and so on about a compromised immune system, right? And and maybe you can break that down for us. You know, we hear the media saying it over and over again that the deaths that are occurring are generally because it's happening for the older people, but it's not just them, obviously, but people with a compromised immune system, people who were not able to build up, um, you know, or, or get the backup from the, the police force when it was called to, um, to, to kind of fight this thing and, and overpower the bad guy. How, uh, you know, what, what causes that, right? What causes that radio to break? Yeah, um, so <clears throat> good question. I think Odin had kind of alluded to that earlier as well, right? So you can have, um, and again, forgive me, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who cuts stuff out uh, and put stuff in, but I'll, I'll try my best. Acquired, and that's all we ask, by the way, right? <laughs> and again, we know you're not here to give us any clinical, um, you know, observations of anything right. or recommendations. You know, these are, like I said, you know, and I want to be very clear with our viewers. You're dealing with four guys talking right now, and yeah, and no, we're trying to answer the typical questions that we're all being asked or thinking about, um, and maybe yes. providing some input and and thought into your mind to to help you think through this or ask the right questions. That's really what this world's down to. There you go. Um, so so I try to keep it simple. Um, and, and I think of it as sort of two modes. One is a, a primary sort of immunodeficiency disease. Um, the first one I remember from school is, is SCID, where this is almost genetic, right? It's a mutated signal on a certain gene that makes that immune system that we talked about earlier insensitive to the signals. So the example of the police guy would be, he's on his radio, but the other guys can't hear, they're deaf. So they, they can't receive the signal to say, we need to go help, you know, um, John Doan at the bottom. Um, so, and, and that is, they were born deaf. Right, so that is a, a primary or almost a genetic type of a of a disease. Wow. The other one would be acquired, right? So acquired, the, the one everybody knows, um, immune deficiency syndrome (HIV), right? Um, and it was where the virus that attacked specifically the immune system, um, and was very good at breaking it down. And it, that wasn't what necessarily killed the patients or kill those patients. What killed the patient after that was the secondary infections, infections that we normally fought off or were able to fight. Those patients couldn't fight anymore because that virus had attacked and broken down their police department, if you will. Um, you know, quick, quick thought. You know, I was talking to a nephew of mine, Ethan, big up yourself, um, graduating anesthesia from University of Miami. Um, anesthesia Congratulations. Yeah, man, good stuff. Yes, sir. All right. Um, and, and, you know, the, the um, where was I going with that point? Um, 
God, asking the yeah, question. So you, yeah, so I, I, I'm assuming you were talking to him about, you know, what we were just talking about, which is this idea of this compromise thing, the signaling and how it turns off and, you know, how people can't right. get connected. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I touched on HIV. And the point I was going to make is when, when we were in training, HIV was the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't know how, what, who, when, where, or why. So you know what we did? Every single chance we got, we had a face mask, we had goggles, we had gowns. And that's when I, as a young surgeon in training, adapted to using two pairs of gloves when I went into any operation. That's where my sort of treatment of the other person as all are potentially positive. That's where it was born for me. Hmm. So from that day till now, I've watched us sort of come from throwing all garbage into one to the red bag. You've gone to hospitals and see the red bag. We didn't have the red bag all the time. All the hazardous waste would go into one garbage. And, And these sort of now what we consider norms were born back then so life for me changed because of the hiv back then and life for a lot of doctors in training and practicing physicians now will change moving forward because of the coronavirus so yeah the, the the key i think protect yourself act as if everybody has it and act as if it's anywhere and I think it's it's a little paranoia, but let me tell you, it, it saves lives, especially yours. Yeah. Doug, I, I have a quick question. Um, and, it, you know, the explanation you gave about HIV is absolutely positively, in 30 years, the best explanation I've ever had. I mean, all Thank of you, us sir. made sense because you, you know, I thought HIV was the problem, but it was, it was the things that were behind it. Correct. In the same type of layman, because I'm still having an, a, a hard time, and I so, and I think some of our, our listeners might be having it too. Can you break down the coronavirus like that? What exactly does it do? Um, well, as far as you know. Yeah, that's yeah, not me, yeah, the man, yeah. a scientist now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but go, go ahead. We're curious. These explanations are outstanding. I, I think it's similar, right? So I think... I think it's similar to the to that concept you just um, referenced, where it, it gets in and it appears the respiratory tract or from the tip of the nose to the bottom of the lungs is where it sort of dwells. And it sets the patient up with these thick secretions, the, the inability to clear, again, what you and I normally, if you listen to yourself over the course of a day, you clear your throat (coughs) or your cough, what you're doing is clearing these particles, this particulate matter, these bacteria, these viruses. You and I can get them up and believe it or not, we swallow them, we drink water and clear our throats. These folks are unable to do that. And so their respiratory system becomes compromised. Mm. And they get set up for, and again, I, I, I won't claim to know all the immuno sort of details of it, but again, they get 
um, they become unable, if you will, to, to mount responses to any and everything that comes their way, um, more than likely in the form of a respiratory attack. So they, they can't even get air into and out of the lungs. And then they get the pneumonia, which is an infection of the lungs. I see folks getting treated with antibiotic, which is for bacteria, as well as antivirals, which are, are to kill viruses. And they get put, as you've seen on TV, on ventilators, which will help almost force air into and out of the air spaces so the oxygen can then go from that air into the body where we need it to get to the heart, to get to the brain, to get to the kidneys, to get to the muscles so that they can in turn metabolize and live, if that makes sense. That makes so much sense. Thank yes, you. Absolutely. 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 So, you know, I had a, uh, and again, I'm, I'm bordering conspiracy right now, so forgive me, <laughs> right? Um, you know, what led me to being in the cannabis industry was my exposure to um, a blood pressure medicine, believe it or not, right? So it's a weird connection, but that, that was the thing that got me here, right? I started out as blood pressure medicine and it made me feel like crap. And I tried another one and I still didn't feel any better. My blood pressure was great, but... I didn't feel good, right? And so I, I, you know, I started looking for alternatives kind of right away, right? Um, and that led me to, to um, you know, being on a CBD regimen, obviously watching my diet, watch what I eat, doing those things. And my blood pressure has been, I wouldn't say fantastic, not by American Heart Association numbers, but it has been way better and I feel great and, and so on, right? So, uh, and, and I've been on this regimen for some time, CBD and so on. And, and so one of the things doing my research that I realized about a lot of medicines that you're put on is that you talked about a signaling before, how you turn down a signaling or turn off a signaling, that some of these medicines were actually designed to do that so that they can work, right? Um, they, they shut down portions of the immune system or the communication necessary. Um, there is there any potential risk uh, and again purely opinion based here that that you know you are you could face from being on a medicine not just high blood pressure medicine but any medicine that turns down that signaling um another pardon no worries can you hear me yes got you clearly okay. what are you, what are you so, drinking in that cup doc <laughs> this is a smoke only show come on water, i'm just joking water, water. <laughs> all right um you know so so uh, you know and i want to thank you guys for enabling my my um my teaching skills i, I love it right Great. um what i like to do is i like to give extreme examples and the question you asked brought to mind the idea of a transplant Okay. Right? So, as we heard before, the immune system um, gets rid of the enemy, right? The enemy is the foreign body or the foreign cell. So, let's take a transplant. So, let's say um, a patient needs a kidney transplant. Their kidneys have failed. They're on dialysis. Um, and, and they need a, a donor kidney to be put in them so it can function and get them off dialysis. The kidney cleans the body of toxins, etc. 
So if we were to just drop a kidney in that body, um, guess what? That police guy gonna wake up again and get on his radio because it's not just a cell or a few cells. This is a whole organ now that just doesn't belong here. And he's gonna call for not just his bodies, but he's gonna call SWAT, right? And, and you know, for a little political humor, he might even call ICE. <laughs> <laughs> Get it out of here, build a wall. <laughs> the point being, for all intents and purposes, the body receiving or having that organ put in it is supposed to reject that organ as foreign. It's got to go. Well, what do you think we as physicians and we in medicine do? We actually give those patients medications to abate that response. We tone down the immune system so they can tolerate that organ. So we get the police people uh, the police guy, and we say, hey, boss, hold on, this this one is all right. Stay off the radio. And we tell the other guys back at the station, even if you get a call, it's okay. This this one is all right. We can vouch for him. So we turn down the response, or, or we can never turn it off, and we allow that foreign kidney that normally is recognized as bad to live within that body where it normally shouldn't. So, you know, you can extrapolate back to um, wanting that response where you modulate or turn down the immune response or system, where it's a, it's, it's a, a goal of the therapy such as this. Or like you said, Kath, there has to be um, a side effect where you modulate the immune system not that you wanted to, but it's a side effect of a medication that's being used for a totally different goal. Now, not to get in trouble, I won't use any examples of any such medication. That's fine. But that's fine. I get the idea. Yes, no, absolutely, and I appreciate that answer because you know, um, obviously when we listen to some of these um, pharmaceutical commercials, the number of side effects sometimes feels like it outweighs the benefit. <laughs> you know? So, so but it, 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 it's understandable. If, if you are having to dial back things a bit in order to solve one problem, you know, it just goes to telling us how complicated the body is, right? It's, it's a highly yes. complicated system, and, and, and we're always learning every day, right? And, 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 yes. and this is obviously a clear situation of, of what's occurring there, um, that we're learning how to now deal with this specific problem and how the body interacts with it. Uh, but yes. that makes sense to me uh, in terms of, you know, the immune system and, and, and kind of what's happening there. Now, is there anything, you know, when we think about, uh, you know, cannabis today, uh, you know, I was reading an article and I feel like everybody's jumping in on this right now in terms of just saying, hey, listen, over here, over here, I, I, I'm thinking about a coronavirus cure, you know, um, whether you want to drive your stock up or whatever it is, right? There's Everyone <laughs> is doing something and it, yes. as well they should, as long as they are doing yes. something. But today yes. I saw that. You know, there's a, a articles circulating now um, widely about researchers in Canada who are linking cannabis um, and um, and not just cannabis, hemp and CBD to helping people fight off the coronavirus. Now, you know, again, it's linking itself in that there's a um, obviously a system that I'm not sure even your days of medical school that they talked about. Um, 
you know, that's related to, and, and Dre, correct me if I'm wrong here, right? It's the endocannabinoid system. Endocannabinoid. Sometimes I struggle with that, you know, it's my lack of medicine. <laughs> no medical training here. But yeah, you know, that system that, you know, not even my doctor knew anything about when I spoke to him about it and so on. It was, you know, I, I, I'm realizing that maybe that if there's anything true here, anything at all that, that is connected and it's, it's in reality, maybe this system and how you mentioned all these systems interact and connect, uh, you know, might be able to help or shed some light if that is indeed true. Uh, did you learn anything about the endocannabinoid system when you were in, um, in med school? Um, no. And, and in fact, I couldn't even spell it the first time I heard it. <laughs> that makes all of us. <laughs> you know, um, your mother and father wouldn't like that. There you go. There you go. Um, you know, I'll tell you another quick. I'm full of stories, so please stop me. Stop me. If stories too much. are great. We love them. <laughs> I was, I was in practice. It's got to be about four years ago, three years ago, or, or four by now. And I was about, I was seeing a young lady in her 20s um, for her gallbladder. She needed her gallbladder out. And um, my medical assistant apprised me before I saw her that she wanted to ask me about um, pain medication after surgery. And immediately my blood started to boil because you know, where we were practicing and those kinds of questions in that demographic was all about the uh, opioid, opioid use. <laughs> Norco or the Percocet or whatever the heck they were, you know, pushing that that week. And immediately, my the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. Um, and you're right, Odi. The, the 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 young woman came in, and I bristled for the first five minutes. Um, and you know, true story. What she said to me was, Doc. Um, actually, I don't want any of that stuff. She said, I wanted to ask you if after surgery, if you could not prescribe anything and whether I could use my CBD for pain. And um, my medical assistant, young woman in her early 30s, um, poor thing, she heard the silence um, and I looked at her, she looked at me, <laughs> but she couldn't help me. And the reason, guys, was um, I had no idea what the hell CBD was. Um, and I had to be apprised of the situation. Um, and fast forward to me now um, learning about um, CBD cannabis, as we used to call weed in Jamaica, um, um, CBD oil, um, cannabinoids. Um, Andre told me about that. Um, uh, oh, there's a substance in the amygdala, which is a deep brain structure that that um, there are receptors um, for these substances, right? Um, and so it ties back to that very first CNS or central nervous system question. Um, and now I can tell you, I just read today a paragraph about the cannabinoid receptors in the immune system. Uh -huh. So you make a perfect segue, my friend, 
answer uh, tie a loop together um, where we were earlier. And I think this might be sort of the tie-in where we're now able to talk about these receptors on both or in both of these SIP systems that may actually help tie the two systems together in a way that we didn't recognize before. So uh, maybe a long answer, but um, uh, it's a I've great one question. It's, it's a great, great one. one, man, because, you know, being in Michigan, um, you know, are you there? Yeah. Yeah, we're here. We're hearing you. Can you hear me? Yes. yes, we can hear you. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm saying um, being in Michigan, um, you know, Michigan has the second most uh, medical use in terms of cannabis, in terms of patient use um, in the United States. And mm -hmm. the uses range from rheumatoid arthritis, treatment of rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, you know, IBD, you know, that's what irritable bowel, you know, disorders. Syndrome, yes. Right. These are all, you know, immune issues and cannabis. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Utilized in some way to, to help uh, mitigate or treat or even, uh, I'm not sure, you know, how, you know, a uh, patient will use uh, cannabis, you know, like full spectrum, not only Correct. CBD, but with THC as well. Yeah, I see it being happened. You know, it's being done a lot here in Michigan. So, I, I think there, you know, again the endocannabinoid system. I think there is something here that could tie the two together. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that I'm hearing both of you talk just now is really how little we know about this plant right and maybe how it interacts with the body right you know part of the kind of um prohibition on on cannabis or you know the this lockdown on cannabis has been there's been no research right there's been a lack of research particularly here in america um and you know kind of most developing countries overall i mean i'm sorry most first world countries overall completely have not embraced it because it was always looked at as if it was just there for a rec purpose uh, you know to get high to you know no one's thinking about the fact that years and years and hundreds of years have gone by where the earth has provided this plant and others have used it for medicine and and so why aren't we researching it more why aren't we figuring out more about how what it does or how it interacts with the body so maybe there is some merit to this study in um canada is the point um, and time will tell here. I don't know if it will help with Corona, but I do, and I 100% do believe that there's a lot more to research here and understand how it, it works with the body. I can sit here right now and tell you that for me, it was life-changing without question, mm -hmm. right? So um, it, it beat the alternative, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was the, the, the thing for me that you know, brought me to kind of where we are sitting here today talking about this um, and no longer talking about computers. <laughs> so you know as we go ahead you had a question um Audrey? Yeah, i have a question um doc you had explained you know your your first introduction in practice itself with the the young lady and the experience that you just shared with us do you have any personal experience you know um friends um friends and and, and friends families um I've seen and heard um, usually, uh, and we're not talking tens or hundreds, I mean, it's a handful, um, aches and pains, um, the walker, she, you know, she don't need the walker anymore, 
She used to sit and rub her knee. This is grandma, sit and rub her knee all day um, with and with CBD. Um, she's up and about, she's active. Um, that's the kind of sort of personal experience I've seen and or heard. Um, I have at least one family member dear, very dear to me, um, just hasn't slept. I've known this person, you know, almost all my adult life. Um, and with the use of um, the tea um, has come into a, an excellent sleep cycle. Um, and, and that has meant the world to them. I don't know um, if you know those who, who can't or don't sleep, but they're, they're usually not very happy people in the, in the daylight hours. I'm not um, happy when I don't sleep. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know at least one um, family who has a daughter with significant, um, I'm going to say brain damage for lack of a better word, mm. um, and had uh, a ton of seizures daily. And we're not talking five, we're talking like, you know, teens and 20s seizures yeah. and um has that down to i think somewhere in the three or five range using i think again i don't have the specifics either a product of or um whole whole cannabis um yeah no there's a product um, that's fda approved called epidolix that you know epidolix, yeah, helps correct. to treat a lot of that absolutely yeah. you know so again, a lot of things we don't know here, guys, and, and and our viewers should get that, right? Understand that, you know, if there's anything that's a takeaway of a lot of the things we've been talking about just now, it's how much we don't know, right? Um, there's a lot to, to, to learn, you know, um, obviously Dr. Chambers has learned a ton throughout his career, is, is you know, giving us some great analogies um, about uh, so many things, right? Without question, it is unbelievable how much we don't know still, though, which should mean that we need to remain curious, right? That's the point. Um, we need to continue to give uh, alternative treatments like cannabis an opportunity to be studied, to be understood, um, to be tried, right? Um, we shouldn't um, have, you know, just the stigma that's been, been associated throughout the industry, you know, and I'm gonna get off my soapbox now, but it, it, when I hear this kind of stuff, it really just get me bubbling because um, there's so many people that can benefit. And I'm not just saying that because I'm in the business, I'm saying that because I've experienced it, right? And that's the, the reality. I, I would like more people to really open their minds a bit more and the medical community to open their minds too as to the research, as to the understanding more about how this does you know, um, work for the system and so on, right? So anyway, so I'm gonna leave my soapbox now. We're gonna just transition quickly into, but how do we get a stronger immune system? And, you know, again, we'll start with, um, with you, Courtney, Dr. Chambers. How do we, how do you think we, what can we do in your thought to, um, to get a stronger immune system if we weren't born with a compromised one to begin with? Well, if I listen to my wife, she thinks it's sex, so... Genius. Um, <laughs> Done. Sold. End, end of the podcast. Um, if, I, if I could drop my mic, I would right now. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, you know, again, you know, it, it's, it's multifaceted. You, you'd read a ton, um, and in some cases, you'd have a great answer, and others, you'd be more confused, before, you know, than before you started reading. You know, I, and I think it's it's a multifactorial answer, right? I think in this forum, 
the, the common things remain common. Nutrition is extremely important, right? Um, very detailed ascorbic acid, vitamin C, blah, blah, blah. They actually directly energize the killer cells that fight infection. Um, exercise, movement in general, moving the blood through the body, getting these cells from the bone marrow out into circulation, getting them around the circulation, filtering the blood through the spleen, one of the, the most important organs um, in the immune system. Um, sleep, you know, uh, we just talked about it. You feel better, but believe it or not, some of those um, communicative substances that I referenced earlier, cytokines, anti-inflammatories are produced, uh, we think, when we sleep. Um, work on your stress, decrease your stress level, right? CBD, I think, does that, if I, I'm not Yeah, yeah listen, mistaken. man, it works for me. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, you know, with less stress comes less cortisol. With less cortisol comes less blood pressure, less uh, uh, carb craving. So, so work on the stress, that's a multifactorial improvement there. Um, moderate drinking, uh, believe it or not. Whoops. Um, the females. <laughs> no, okay. moderate, moderate is good. Sure, sure. Females um, in wine and, and in beer, um, there is a limit. There's like a bell curve. If you go past, you know, the, the, the sweet spot, you might be hurting yourself. We all know that. And of course, I was joking, but uh, some studies, I think, show sex does improve some of the immunoglobulins that we use to fight off infection um, as well. That's great. So, you know, a healthy life, a healthy lifestyle, mm -hmm. um, and you can start picking that apart. Yes. No, no, that definitely makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, we talk about a lot, you know, at Jamrock and we've talked a lot about on our podcast and stuff like that it is really about adopting a healthy lifestyle. In one of our podcasts, we talked a lot about Rastafarians and, you know, we, we had a, an opportunity to spend a lot of time with um, them and, and really understand their very natural way of eating, natural way of everything, you know. Um, and I'll be honest with you, oh, not one of these guys looked like they were out of shape. You know, they were all, you know, in great there shape. And, and um, even the oldest of the oldest, you know, looked like they could run circles around me, man. And, and, and it, <laughs> it was troubling, you know, it was a little, it, you know, it was troubling but inspiring at the same time, right? Yes, yes. So, so it's, it's, there is something to that. And, you know, I think as we go through what we will look at as the next normal that's coming up now, whatever that is, I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, we're all speculative right now, but we know that maybe one of the most important things to take away to, to, to ride with into the, the, the next normal is to take care of yourself more, right? Recognize that there is a, a huge need and opportunity here for you to build your immune system because that is what it's designed to do is to help you fight off these crazy things that come out of nowhere sometimes um, and disrupt our lives and challenge us mentally, physically and everything else that, you know, we're kind of going through at the moment. Um, so, you know, it, it, that for me is, is like a final thought, right? Any final thoughts from you guys before we wrap up? Uh, Doc, I, honestly, um, I, I mean, I've been around doctors and, and, and trainers and athletes and all that my entire career. Uh, I, I, I'm a coach, you know, speaking 
is a part of what I do. I have learned so much from you this afternoon that it's, it's, it, in fact, it has vaulted me to a whole different level and a whole different commit, commitment to, the, to, to this cause. Um, you know, okay. it's, it's, I, I learned a lot and you really have a layman's way. In fact, I can understand why, you know, I thought you paid off those people on the internet to say that you had a good job. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, really, you really proved it today that you, you really have a way of connecting. And I learned a lot. I, I really did. And I want to thank you for that. I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you, you so much. You sparked my curiosity. Uh, initiated a lot of it in many ways. Uh, excellent. Well. Excellent. I, I appreciate your insights. Excellent. Um, thank we'll, you. We'll definitely need to have you back on that because yep. as we go through this, um, you know, there will be a lot more questions raised and need to be answered. And I think, you know, again, having this discussion will, will you know, indeed help everybody here. I agree. Excellent. I couldn't Excellent. agree more. Um, so, Dr. Chambers, I want to again echo what everyone just said and tell you that this was outstanding, right? I, um, I, you know, I'm very inspired by everything you've just said. Um, it actually just gives me an even better sense overall. Let's not even say sense, but renewed faith in a way, right? In mm -hmm. in that there are professionals out there that that are navigating this and explaining it and because the media is doing a very very crappy job of confusing and putting a lot of fear out there in some ways and, mm -hmm. and so you know getting some clarity is always important and just things that we can put in our minds so like O just said we welcome you back anytime um, your bio will be linked in the show notes right so if people want to know a little bit more about you absolutely uh, I'll find out if you want to put anything out there on the internet about how to reach you or ask you questions. Um, I would caution that a bit, but um, maybe you want to have a, a mailbox just for that. Uh, because again, you, you know, but, you know, but professionally, I'm assuming that, you know, again, you will want people to reach you. We'll provide a way for people to do that, actually, you know, when I think about it. Um, and we'll forward those to you um, for things that are not nonsense and, and you know, maybe people <laughs> want to have you on their show and so on. I think that makes sense. We'll help, we'll help you with that. And, you know, again, Thanks. this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, really, really appreciate it. Critical, critical conversation welcome. today. And it was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Very welcome. Very welcome. All right. What's up, everybody? You've just listened to The Real Green Show brought to you by Jamrock Organics. If you enjoyed the show today, please support us by sharing the podcast or leaving us a review. To learn more about us, check us out at jamrockorganics.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on our show, email us at wecare at jamrockorganics.com. Last but not least, please don't take any of the information you get on the show from the hosts or guests as medical legal or financial advice. Speak with the appropriate licensed professional. At times, we will share promotional information and provide commercial reviews of products. We will always disclose when we are paid or if any of our discussions are investment related. Thanks for listening to the show. Peace and love, my friends. Jamrock Organics tell them we say. have the best legal and medicine marijuana. We grow natural from the earth by the farmer. 
jam rock hard, yeah, next. Them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis. Are the best legal and medicine marijuana. Grow natural upon the earth by the farmer. Jam rock hard, yeah, next. Them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis.